Welcome everybody to episode four of Journey to Counseling. Um, as we discussed last time on um, episode three, we were covering some things around misconceptions about therapy, our favorite parts of the job, um, therapy being something that we do and not something that we are. But for today, uh, we are going to focus more in terms of how our clinical interests developed. Um, and hello, Missy and Chelsea. Um, how are you all doing today? Hello. I'm doing okay today. Just hanging in there. Um, a bit of a long day, but I am excited to be talking with you both. Yeah. Hey, Missy. Hey, Monica. Uh, mm -hmm. Happy Tuesday. I am a little tired too, like Missy said, but definitely hanging in there, adjusting to it getting darker a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. How are you today, Monica? I literally got off work a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> so I feel like I'm still running a little on the adrenaline of it, but also mm -hmm. feeling a little tired, um, missing when it's, there's sun still around this time, but it's getting darker a lot sooner, but yeah. we'll make the most out of it. Um, yeah. So for today, you know, I was thinking of uh, maybe a little bit more of a chill topic and maybe just sharing in terms of how our clinical interests develop. And given that this is not a finish line and it's something that's still ongoing, but just wanted to check in with everybody to see how did that come to be for us and maybe giving our listeners a little bit of a guidance. So they can have ideas in terms of how their own clinical interests might develop as well. I am. I will go ahead and start unless mm -hmm. you're dying. You have a burning desire, Missy. Yeah. So <laughs> my clinical, <laughs> my clinical interests uh, as of right now, I like how you said that Monica, that they are always developing and evolving and there's not really a finish line per se, but, Right now, I enjoy working with um, people who are presenting with relationship concerns, whether that is within their family or intimate romantic relationships or friendship concerns. Mm -hmm. Even if people want to work on their relationship with their self, um, mm -hmm. I really love diving into that work. Um, I love working with uh, body image and eating concerns, that is an area that I feel very new in and have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then I would say the, the last kind of main one for me is working with identity development, uh, specifically LG, uh, sexuality or gender identity development. Mm -hmm. And so those three uh, clinical interests all kind of run together. They all overlap in certain ways. And I have gotten some experience with that. And with working with those in grad school, I had a curiosity before starting grad school. I'll say that's mm -hmm. how it started, was a curiosity. And then I sought opportunities when I began clinical work um, to work with those presenting concerns and really tried to Put myself in the position through 
practicums, through groups that I could observe or uh, facilitate. And um, just letting my, one specific thing is letting your supervisors or your clinical directors know those are your interests and mm -hmm. having them filter those clients to you. That's really important um, or, or was along the way for me. Mm -hmm. And I learned uh, that I do like working with those concerns and um, I will, I'll conclude there. That's kind of how my interests got started. Yeah. And, and I'll have some follow-up questions from what you've shared, uh, Chelsea, but interested in hearing what you also um, have to say, Missy. Yes. So I think for me, um, currently I have an interest in, working with people who experience adjustment-related concerns. Um, so, you know, that is international students who have moved into a new country, mm -hmm. um, first-generation college students, students of color in predominantly white institutions and spaces. Um, I'm also developing an interest in group therapy um, mm -hmm. as a modality of treatment. Um, this is something that I kind of discovered on internship so this interest is only a year old still a baby <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I'm finding that you know I really enjoy um, creating community in group and mm -hmm. um, allowing students to receive or clients to receive support from one another instead of have me solely as the quote-unquote support system in therapy mm -hmm. um and I think that, so like, like I mentioned, that's pretty new, but my interest in working with adjustment related concerns, particularly for underrepresented students, um, you know, I think that developed probably in undergrad. Um, mm. Like I just remember going to college and feeling like, what the heck am I supposed to be doing? And mm. who's supposed to be telling me what I'm doing because I do not know what I'm doing. Um, and recognizing that my own adjustment process was very different than mm -hmm. what it is for, you know, domestic students or students who um, have parents who are very well educated or, you know, stuff like that. Um, and also just like because of the unique space and time that young adulthood occupies, it's hard. It's really mm -hmm. hard to kind of feel like, well, I'm an adult, but like people don't really treat me in a, like an adult, but they expect me to act and make decisions like an adult. But like, mm -hmm. what exactly is an adult supposed to do? <laughs> Let me know when you know. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of, you know, what prompted that interest. Um, and I, I imagine that as I keep going, I'm going to develop new areas of interest mm -hmm. um, and solidify the ones that I already have. But for now, I think those are the two main ones that I'm kind of playing around with. Yeah. And and to follow up on what you're saying, Missy, um, I, I really do agree, you know, a lot of what you're reflecting in terms of this developing interest in uh, pursuing this career in counseling psychology is a constant learning and unlearning process. Mm -hmm. um, and similar to you in terms of building community, like my own, I do come from a collectivistic culture and a lot of that value has been present in my own clinical interests. So 
Um, I do find that things have helped me when I was a student and when I was struggling or things that are really value also providing to my own clients in terms of helping them getting connected with resources on campus, uh, building a community. Um, that relational approach has always been very important to me and I try to hold that too um, for in my clinical spaces and spaces of healing. So. My own general interest uh, when I started, I really didn't know like particular things that I was uh, wanting to maybe uh, specialize in or to go into that route. But um, something that I remember as is in all graduate training programs, you're going to have like a pick in terms of courses or like focus uh, training areas. And I remember one of the first things I picked was um, doing a seminar on, on substance use. And uh, you all of did this with me in terms of when we were offering services to um, people at Gateway Foundation, which is mm -hmm. a substance use rehabilitation uh, program. And that was great doing that work with both of you and, and being in that together. Um, and something that I remember from that experience is that I just started seeing and hearing trauma in every client that I was working with. Mm. And that got me more into wanting to um, learn more about trauma and doing trauma-informed care, but also learning and in what ways maybe I've also experienced trauma. So a lot of my work does focus on doing trauma-informed care. I'm really interested in internal family systems, um, as well as uh, working with the Latinx community, um, bilingual counseling in English and Spanish. And my general interests are working with first-generation students, uh, queer uh, people uh, of color and as well as transfer students and graduate students. And I'm also just generally interested in uh, multicultural supervision training and mentoring. And sometimes I do blend all of that um, mm -hmm. into the interests that I have. So thinking about that blender and everything that had to come together to develop your own interests, I wonder if there's any like particular people that were influential or maybe particular experiences that were influential in, in helping you allocate a little bit more your current interest and maybe what they've developed to be now. Okay. So do you mean like people who encouraged or interests or like um, situations or experiences that kind of birthed that interest? Yeah, yeah, kind of like how Chelsea was saying that something that was helpful was uh, mentioning to your supervisor your interest. So that was like somebody influential. So I just wonder if there's anybody else that you're all thinking about. Mm. Um, I think I can think back to um, when I started grad school, I guess when we started grad school, um, I already had a little bit of an interest in working with international students. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of my populations of interest. Um, and I remember that, um, you know, I was really pushed and encouraged to do that. And I think one person 
or well i wouldn't say one person but a um a group of people that were really influential and kind of supporting that interest really were were my friends that i had in a um religious organization that i was a part of i don't know if y'all remember Mm -hmm. my friends from aclgs shout out Yep. <laughs> Shout out to you. <laughs> but I remember, you know, when I would talk with them about my major and kind of what I was wanting to do, they would always, they would always. be excited that that is something that I was considering and encouraged me, you know, to um, maybe focus a little bit more on international students because for them it was very um, helpful and it was also very important for them to like go to CAPS or go to a counseling center and know that, okay, it's there's a possibility that my counselor can relate with me on mm-hmm. some of the things that I'm sharing. There's a possibility that my counselor could look like me mm-hmm. and, you know, can kind of, again, maybe verify some of the things that I'm afraid of, of and um, validate it for me. And I, I don't think that they like spread me on intentionally Knowing that, but them saying that to me was very encouraging mm-hmm. and, you know, allowed me to further develop uh, an interest in that population. And in terms of my desire to work with um, first generation students and students of color, I think it just came from my own experiences mm-hmm. um, navigating grad school and undergrad as, um, especially in undergrad, as one of the few Black people in my psychology class at the time that Mm -hmm. I graduated, I think I was one of three. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's very underwhelming given how large psychology majors um, are in universities and at least how big of a major uh, mine was at at Mm -hmm. my undergrad. And so those experiences of like isolation, um, trying to get counseling, but nobody at the counseling center really understood what I was going through Mm -hmm. um, or tried to really take time to recognize, you know, what I was going through and that I may need other services that domestic students or white students may not necessarily need, or they may not necessarily think to offer those students. Mm -hmm. So I think some of my personal experiences also um, have impacted the populations of interest that I've grown to to love working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that because mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely true and that and, and true for me too that a lot of my interests have also developed based on own experiences um, and also my own identity. So yeah, I, I'm just reflecting in even though you can't see me, I'm, I'm <laughs> nodding to a lot I of what you're I saying. <laughs> Yeah. How about for you, Chelsea? Yeah. So the first person that comes to mind when I think about influential people on my clinical interests, and really, I could say on my interest in pursuing grad school in general, is uh, Dr. Rhea Merck, who is a professor at the University of South Carolina, Mm. a psychology professor. She taught a class called Abnormal Psychology when I was there, but I think they've Mm -hmm. since switched the name to um, psychopathology or something like that. (laughs) 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 Well, I, this was one of the last classes that I took in college and sadly, but truly one of the first that I really felt excited about. Mm 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember she came into class the first day and she had on a pair of red cowboy boots. And mm. I mean, I, I had a pair of red cowboy boots when I was a kid. So I immediately connected <laughs> with her. <laughs> and in every class, she had on a different pair of cowboy boots, um, oh, a, wow. different, a different color. So mm. that was really cool. Um, but she wrote on the board, psychology is life. And then she just sat on the front desk and held the book, showed us the book, but never opened it and taught the class from her own, uh, well, her memorization of the lessons over the years, but um, mostly from led from her experiences. And she specialized in eating disorders. She specialized in um, body image and relationship concerns, which as I previously said, are some of my interests now. Mm-hmm. But I think her teaching style, her approach to the subject and the way that she made it seem so enjoyable and fun really hooked me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she was definitely an influence on my career trajectory. Um, she helped me. She was an important piece. Uh, well, I would say an, a networking um, person for me getting a job after undergrad, which helped me get into grad school and um, really gave me great feedback on my papers and really made me think I could be a, a good at this, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. definitely Dr. Merck. I don't know if she's listening, but if you are, <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> You're one of the best professors out there. Um, and then as Missy said, I think I, a lot of my, my own experiences have influenced my clinical interests, uh, where I am, geographically in the country there are mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of qu- uh, queer people and a lot of r- religious people and those tend to overlap quite a bit mm-hmm. um, those identities I mean and um, that's kind of where my roots are well here in the south too but also coming from a Christian um, context and also realizing that I'm queer a bit later in life those two things, um, well, those two identities are um, often pitted against each other, and people have a really hard time reconciling those. And, um, you know, everyone goes a different route, but my experiences in those, uh, with those two different identities have definitely influenced my, my interest in the, in that population. Um, Mm -hmm. And that brings about family dynamics, that brings about values and Mm -hmm. relationships and a sense of self. And so you can see how it's all tied in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As as you're describing that, I just imagine like a spider web (laughs) with both what you said and what Missy has described in terms of like how all of these like really understanding our clinical interests and how they're developing and uh, what influences our work. There's just so many things. I, f- I think we could probably dedicate like a whole season <laughs> just yes. on talking about different things that have influenced us, our history, our stories, um, generational history too, that I think has also uh, probably influenced us to different degrees. And 
Um, the only other thing I'll, I'll say uh, for me, and this is something you both know, because I keep saying it in different spaces, but a major, major influences for me have always been mentors. And I have quite a couple to name. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, my mentors from uh, the University of California in Irvine, like that was really like a starting point for me. Um, three major mentors uh, that I've had at UCI when I first started were uh, Dr. Ortega, uh, Dr. Castellanos, and Dr. Cereceres. And um, my mentor network has grown a lot. Um, Dr. Jean Manessi too, shout out to you. Um, I know I'm not saying everybody, so forgive me. (laughs) But there's quite a couple to mention, but also, one thing I'll say is that mentors to me have also been peers. Um, when I first entered in graduate school, we all had like this mentoring family uh, that were, what was it, fourth and fifth years? Fifth years? It was um, second years included too. Right. Yeah. So we, in, gra- in our graduate program, we had like these mentoring families that were composed of actually all years. Mm-hmm. We, all, we were all a big family. Uh, some families kind of tied to each other. <laughs> um, but that was also a really big source of support and inspiration. And in terms of guidance for me too, to better understand like what choice, what choices should I make in terms of pursuing trainings or um, discussing how I want to structure supervision and what I want my general training experience to be. So that's the only last thing that I'll yeah. that I'll add to our spider web of of different things that have influenced us. Yeah, Monica, I want to you know jump on that a little bit and also echo how beneficial and important my mentor family in grad school was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know that Monica um, ended up being in my mentor family, and Chelsea is my <laughs> mentor sister. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, but it was it was so helpful to see people who weren't that far away in their training, you know, from me, mm-hmm. be able to kind of like share with me the ways that they struggled, the decisions that they made to help them, you know, um, um, continue in the in the program, the ways that they studied, for example, where they got books, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, how to structure your your practica to kind of reflect the interests um and i can remember you know conversations with mar who's dr mar chung now license yes dr. Mar chung. <laughs> yes and uh, they were incredible and they continue to be incredible uh britney who is dr britney sievers who also is my mentor mom <laughs> and mine too yes um and just like they're my auntie talk to her about you know maybe take this course with this other course to free up your schedule do this practice with that other part because it's less demanding you know just like practical advice like that from mentor family was really really helpful mm-hmm. anything for you to add chelsea that you want to say oh i'm so glad missy talked about the mentor families and the both of you because that mm-hmm. was really important especially for those first couple years in grad school, that can be really tough. <laughs> yep. and, yeah, I mean, and I would say 
the two of you just in general were so supportive and I didn't realize as we were going through the program how you know just how much of a a pillar you two felt like for me at times Mm. you know that's true of you two for me as well (laughs) no like seriously I feel like I should give you a piece of my degree yeah I think (laughs) all three of us need to be co-written on each other's degrees yeah like I can't I can't imagine and I, I think we were um we were, um, you know, lucky enough that we got to take all of our classes together. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for that because, man, I cannot imagine taking some of these classes that I took without <laughs> the two of you. <laughs> I wish I could share a picture right now <laughs> on the podcast. Describe it. What is it? Uh, oh, okay, so the point of view is I'm sitting on the floor in the library oh and Monica's sitting on the chair of a couch that Missy's sitting in. Monica has her mouth open with a plastic spoon in full of leftover rice. I think it was just white rice. (laughs) There's a whole story to white rice that. (laughs) Missy, you're giving her the side eye. (laughs) And Monica is staring dead into the lens of the camera. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure we're just doing math homework. (laughs) Probably measurement. Probably. Yes, I believe so. Probably. Uh, can you That's picture hilarious. me? Oh my gosh, <laughs> we do have a lot of that. funny pictures like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that. I feel like I needed that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was quite a treat. Thank you for uh, both for, for sharing that and Chelsea for uh, bringing up that picture. But um. As we're wrapping up now for our fourth episode, um, something that I'm thinking, if you can just maybe be brief about saying what is maybe something that was helpful for you as you were maybe thinking about um, exploring your interest, like if you were worried about it, was it a concern for you or not? Like what is something that maybe now that you've gone through that journey that you could tell your your younger earlier self as you were starting to explore your interests that's a really good question yeah. I can go for it yeah I I can say that's a really good question <laughs> <laughs> so for me one clinical interest that I didn't mention because after I have explored it a bit I'm not is is excited about it as my others, but I tried couples counseling, um, Mm -hmm. that interest area and I'm still open to it, but it just, it didn't grab my attention like the others. And that's okay because I, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change the fact that I tried it and that I, I did a practicum around, well, two practicums actually around couples counseling. Um, it's just not what I feel like pursuing right now Mm so I think what I'm trying to say here is if you're curious about something and something is pulling you in that direction go ahead and try it especially early early in your training or early in your career because you're still under supervision you're still under Mm -hmm. someone else's license Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know you're not paying your own malpractice insurance and those kinds of things so 
it's it makes the most sense to early on and it's it's nothing lost on you if it doesn't work out or if if it's not um what you wanted or thought it was so mm-hmm. that's a really good point yeah mm-hmm. How about for you, Missy? Do you need a little time or I can go ahead and go first while you think about it? More? Yeah, I think I'm still thinking about it. So you can like go. Yeah. So for me, I remember that when I barely started like uh, um, doing my practicum at counseling and psychological services and thinking about my interests, um, I literally just went with whatever my gut told me like that has always been like a source of um direction for me like I don't always rationalize things a lot or plan too much sometimes I'll just go by feeling like if there's something that caught my attention um or if there's something I just want to try and I remember like being um when the opportunity presented for me to um run groups on my own um at Gateway Foundation uh, in supporting individuals that struggle with uh, substance abuse and misuse. Running group by myself has always been like very anxiety provoking. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm really glad that I had that experience because I really feel like my clients taught me so, so much and they really humbled me. And um, I'm really glad that I kind of got to learn more about myself in terms of what I can be capable of, even if I'm really anxious or um, I'm starting off and it's not always the best because I definitely had groups where I, I, I wish they could have gone differently. But, you know, that's all part of uh, learning and and having experiences. So overall, I just feel like, you know, as uh one of my mentors would always say, just trust the process. How about for you, Missy? Have you thought of something? You know, I haven't too much, but I would say that I've appreciated, and maybe this is answering the question indirectly, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I've really appreciated the opportunities that I've gotten as a trainee to try and fail because Mm, I mm -hmm. think you know when I I would like try something I would be like okay like this is a specialty area like this is where I'm going to build my specialty area and then sometimes I feel bad that I don't like it or that I don't enjoy it as much Mm -hmm. Um, and then I remember it's totally fine like nobody's expecting me to have a specialty area before I graduate Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so I really appreciated that that I've been I've had the opportunity to try things and quote-unquote fail or not like it yeah. yeah yeah that's really powerful Missy and yes you did have an answer ah <laughs> uh, thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah well with that being said uh, that's all for our uh, our episode today and I hope that as we're all winding down for the day that you remember what we've all been telling you and I'm reminding this for ourselves too to remember to breathe in and breathe out, breathe out. <laughs> yeah thank you for joining us everybody wherever you are good night good morning have a good day yes Y'all take it easy. Yeah.
Take Bye. care. Bye.